Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs> Welcome to episode 30 of the Hell Ming Pow Hour. I'm Rick, one of your hosts, and I'm with my partner over here, the grave digger, Mr. Danny Bennett. Although my grave digging does get quite a bit of media coverage, it's really my ability to lift an entire coffin and put it back in a hearse that, uh, that should get more attention. Because that mother's strong. <laughs> it's made out of balsa wood. Balsa wood. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to the show before, this is the only show that takes you back in time to cover these classic movies. We got together and the money that we make from this podcast, and we bought a time machine, folks. So live the dream. You can, you can do it, too. Yeah, it's kind of a janky uh, time machine, but you know. We don't make that much money. That's right. So get the most with what you got. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I'm going to use it. Okay, you do that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm excited about this one. This is Phantasm from 1979, one of my all-time favorite. I love the first movie so much. So I've been wanting to talk about this one since, since day one when we started this. Yeah, for anybody that's new, and it's been a year now, a little over a year, and it was one of the first things that he wanted to do, and we just haven't gotten around to yeah. it until now. Danny kept saying, no, 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 no. We've got to do UEHF, so, which is understandable. we got to do UEHF. Helming. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I have the man without a face stuck in my head. <laughs> and if yeah. you're not familiar with that song, you can get it on Ralph Malf Records. One of our sponsors. That's right. Uh, D.B. Cooper's uh, anthology of his greatest hits on Ralph Malf Records. <laughs> Music you can taste. And also another sponsor of our show that we have to give a shout out to is Royal Flush Plumbers, where your crap is our bread and butter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> They're dedicated. That's right. So, folks, we'll be right back and talk about some phantasm. All right. The Hailming Power Hour is brought to you by the Spaceballs. Because what you've got is what we need, and all we do is dirty deeds. 
We're the Spaceballs. And loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hail Ming! The Helming Power Hour is brought to you by the Tall Man Big and Tall Shop. For all your haberdashery needs, come see the Tall Man. Big and tall to fit them all. Great selection in suits and men's wear to fit those larger-than-life gentlemen. Perfect for morticians. It's the Tall Man Big and Tall Shop, 1232 Corsica Drive. Phone ahead at one eight seven seven four sphere That's one eight seven seven four seven seven forty three seventy three. 4373 And we're back. <laughs> all right. Phantasm, man. I love this movie. Uh, first movie that really made me a horror fan. I mean, I saw stuff before that scared me, but this is the one that absolutely made me want to watch more horror movies. So uh, this is a big one for me. So excited about talking about it. Yeah, it's Phantasm, 1979, Don Coscarelli. A lot of movies have imitated it. Right. There are a lot of ideas. This movie is super creative, but you're going to see some similarities from movies we've held up to a very high standard that might have borrowed some ideas from this movie. Yeah, there, there might be a movie about a sweater-wearing, knife-handed killer that... Which is identical to the bad guy in Phantasm. It's just like him. Helming. <laughs> Burn face. Yep, the whole, the whole thing. The... The suit? Yeah. I heard you need some coffins moved, bitch. <laughs> Hail me. Just to make sure. <laughs> All right. So in order to, to talk about this movie, we have to go back to 1979. So strap yourselves in. Oh, no. My buckle's not buckling. <laughs> Here we go. I can see my owls from here. <laughs> oh. Wow. It's not as rough the third time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Oh. oh. Hell me. <laughs> yeah, 1979, man. Check it out. You got some bell bottoms and some hot pants going on. And it doesn't really matter who's wearing what. Do I hear some blondie over there? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that was the kicks of the day. Like the shoes? Like the shoes. (laughs) I'm wearing my blondies. Oh. All right. 1979. I'm feeling my groove thing. We're going to talk about some phantasm. And to get us into the spirit, we have to have a synopsis. And here is everyone's favorite rodent that you wore on your t-shirt does that make any sense it does yeah. make sense yeah I, I wear rodents on my t- like like a necklace well sure like rodents yeah <laughs> you catch them you break their neck yeah yeah string them it's stylish <laughs> I give you none other than Mickey Mouse Phantasm 1979 it's rated R for really 88 minutes long a fantasy horror sci-fi A young boy and his friends face off against a mysterious grave robber known only as the Tall Man, who keeps mysterious arsenal of terrible weapons with him from a different planet. I wonder if he's from Pluto. Huh? 
6.9 rating from 21,647 people. Well, you have one person that directed it. Don Coscarelli. Just one. Did you know the coffin that Mike sees the tall man lift by himself and shoved back into the hearse was made out of balsa wood? Balsa wood. It had a rope on the side facing (laughs) away from the camera to make it easier to handle. The rope can be briefly seen as a tall man. Go watch it. The most famous quote, though, was from the tall man that said, Boy. (laughs) Oh, there's a big secret ending. (laughs) Yeah, that was a pretty good Annette Funicello there. Well, you know, you you call people and and they do their best work and you just put it in the show. (laughs) (laughs) What's bad is that synopsis was recorded last year, <laughs> like a year ago. <laughs> so, again, if you're new to the show, we haven't done Phantasm in a year. Also, you might need to know that sometimes we bend the truth. And when we do, Brian Blessed lets you know about it. Yep, he goes, cheese and crackers. <laughs> uh, case in point. All right, Phantasm, kick it off. Why do you watch Phantasm, Danny? My first reason to watch Phantasm, among all the great reasons, is Reggie Bannister. Reggie B. Reggie Bannister is an ice cream man who is a friend of the brothers who are the main characters. Their family are being plagued by the tall man and his minions from Morningside Cemetery. That's right. And... Reggie's just a solid friend. He comes in, he helps out. He could run to the hills, but he sticks around. Like Iron Maiden. Run to the hills. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, Reggie's awesome. Uh, As the stories go along, as the movies keep going, he becomes the superstar of the movie basically the superhero um much like bruce campbell in the evil dead movies you can kind of put them on that same level of you love them because they really have no clue of what they're really doing but they fake it very well so reggie's awesome yeah yeah i love him that's why he's my first reason what's your first reason rick mine is the actual tall man the scary guy of the movie this guy terrified me as a kid uh, mainly because he was chasing a kid and only calling him boy. Horrifying stuff. So his presence on the screen is just incredible. I like the quote you said. (laughs) He looked like a constipated Christopher Lee. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I read uh, an online report about the Phantasm movie and and they said that uh, Angus Scrim on this was kind of looking like a constipated Christopher <laughs> Lee. And after hearing that, I really couldn't not see it. <laughs> yeah, so keep that in mind when you're watching this. You're going to, you know, the tall man needs to go. <laughs> well, he's mean. And that's why we have <laughs> Royal Flush Plumbers to help with that problem. <laughs> Good plug. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good plug. <laughs> All right, what you got, man? My next reason is 
the tall man behind the bed scene. Yes. Awesome. It's very similar to another movie we may or may not have mentioned, but, you know, up behind it in kind of a cathedral-like scene, the tall man is up behind the headboard, the boy's in the bed, and then he rises up some undead minions to tear the boy apart in this nightmare sequence, and it's it's really, really scary. Yep, stays with you. And talking about the way Coscarelli puts things together, which the guy is just incredible at, at taking low budget and turning it in, really into something. I mean, that scene in particular... It's not a little jump shot, scare shot. It, it, it's drawn out. The bodies come up over Michael and they grab him and it just keeps going. They keep just tearing at him. It's not like a jump scare and then it cuts away to something else. It really sits there for a while. So uh, the imagery there, I think, is really strong. Get the backlighting behind the tall man over the bed just makes him more terrifying. It's, a, it's an iconic shot. It's kind of what you think of when you think of this movie. So, definitely a good one. Some of the things you see are, are fast shots, like, for instance, the, the the sentry balls. You know, the balls that roam the hallways of the mortuary are shown very quickly, you know, right. for, for special effects reasons. But a lot of the things that in other horror movies would be quick, like you say, jump scares, they're kind of lingered on because right. of the whole dreamy quality of, of, the, of the nightmare that you're in. Right. Yep. My next reason for watching Phantasm is the fleet of hearses that they must have had for all kinds of explosions and chase scenes and yeah. just wrecks in general. Speaking like like the General Lee, they had to have so many copies of it to That's throw right. up and jump. This one probably had more. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, I think that Boss Hogg was actually going to be in Phantasm. Come on, y'all, jump in this hearse. We're going to go catch the Duke boys. But they decided that he sucked too much. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, lightning. 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 That's uh, Rusko Pico Tree. He's what I have to Pico train. Pico train. No, but, you know, I knew that Boss Hogg was not the owner of Lightning. I'm sure you did. But I was just putting them together. All right, that's cool. All right. Just a good old boy. We are going to have to cut every last <laughs> bit of this out. No, this is staying. No. <laughs> All right. My next reason. The theme song, man. It's haunting. You hear it pretty much throughout the whole thing. It could have been Daryl D.B. Cooper, but they blew their chance, man. You know, they they gave him a pass, and then later on, with Man Without a Face, big hit. They missed their chance, man. But uh, the theme song is fantastic. Some simple work. I love it. Yeah. yeah. As to the dream. It really does. It does. Yeah. So on most soundtracks, you get several songs. This one here, you pretty much get this one repeated constantly, which is fantastic. Fan- no, it's Phantasm. Phantasmic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another version of the song. When they go into the bar and they're dancing around, what are they dancing to? This. That's right. Like the maracas. 
<laughs> That's right. How could you not dance to this? I'm dancing right now. I know. Stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, man, the theme song is very, very cool. Very haunting. I can't think of this movie and not think of the music. Yeah, I'm with you. And <laughs> the theme song is definitely something that goes from end to end in the movie. In, in some movies... You have certain scenes where they use music to build tension. In this one, it's almost like the music is is a character. It's right. an element that comes in almost every scene, and it helps to kind of tie the whole thing together as one story. Right. Yeah. It's just as vital a part of the movie as the effects or whatever you want to look at. I, I think it, it really helps make the movie. And my next reason for watching Phantasm is Cemetery Sex. <laughs> Because, you know, in this movie, the tall man, you know, how are you going to get your army of minions to your mortuary where you can turn them into gravity-restricted dwarves for a planet that has high temperatures? Well, I'll tell you how. You lure them to have sex in the cemetery as a hot blonde. Yep. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So in this movie, several people are... Or two people, but you get the feeling this has happened before. Yeah, to the mom and the dad. and <laughs> Sure. Maybe together. Sure. They were working overtime. You know, it's the 70s. There's a lot of swingers. Yeah, and a lot of people working overtime. Like Alice. <laughs> and Bachman Turner Overdrive. What? <laughs> no, but... So these people are lured to the cemetery. They do the deed, and then they're stabbed with the sacrificial dagger. And before they go out, they get to see the face of their real partner, oh, the tall no. man. You're just an old dude. I'm dying. That was actual audio from the movie. Damn <laughs> But no, I mean it's it's got to be mentioned. I mean these scenes are kind of creepy. They're kind of weird they're part of the movie and the setup for the older brother jody to go out there and the with her he, so you're already going oh no this happened you know, tommy <laughs> it's going to get crazy oh. <laughs> yeah i mean that's uh what a way to open a movie <laughs> yeah i agree yeah good stuff my next one is <laughs> the over the shoulder dwarf shot <laughs> So you got a scene where a dwarf jumps up on his back and he's basically taking a pistol and flipping it around at himself and shooting over his head to try to knock a dwarf off his back. That's talent. Yeah, when I was watching that, it was... It was, I was great. And I didn't have the fortitude to shoot back at my own head like that. <laughs> but I've never been attacked by a, a minion dwarf to right. a tall man. See... Again, we'll get a little bit of explanation for those of you who are uninitiated there to Phantasm. It's a dreamlike movie about a mortuary yeah. curator who takes the bodies, reanimates them as minion dwarf creatures, and has some kind of an agenda because he's an alien giant <laughs> monster man. That's, that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> The great big tall dude makes midgets. That's that's it. So yeah, dwarf jumps on his back. You get a bit of this. <laughs> well, he's not done. 
Oh, get serious. What do you think about guns, kids? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's a crazy shot, man. I, I love the fact of you can tell when they shoot the gun that they just have a rope or something tied to this dummy or midget, whatever it is, and they just yank it. And you see it just physically fly off. I, I just love it. I think it's hilarious. The action element of this movie is something that... And they did a pretty good job with. There's right. a decent car chase. There's lots of car explosions. There's this gunplay. There's it, an ice cream truck. There's an ice cream truck. How do you feel about ice cream trucks, kids? Well, that's good, because I can't even say it. Everybody love ice cream. All right, so that was my reason. What's your next reason? I love the fact that this is a sci-fi and horror mix movie. Not many movies that at this time had done that to the extent of... The majority of this movie is sci-fi. I mean, you're talking about an alien from another planet coming here to take over the world. That's sci-fi. And even though it's not all that explained... Right. It's still there. I am an alien... Right, we, right. It's, we mean no harm to your planet, stuff like that. And that's kind of part of the beauty of this is that there is a much larger plot than you see. Really, all you see is through the eyes of the characters, and right. the characters are involved in this nightmare that involves this strange man who's got some kind of agenda where he's he's really terrifying them. And the fact of is it really happening? Is it all in their heads? Are they just making it up? Who do you believe? The boy that cries wolf or? You know, what's really going on, so... You know who I believe? Who? Reggie Bannister. Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah, he's the ice cream man. <laughs> I'm the ice cream man. Stop it when they're passing by. So <laughs> My next reason is the finger in the box. We can't say that, I don't think. There's <laughs> this scene where Michael is being pursued through the mortuary and he catches the tall man's fingers in a door and chops them off. Right. And he keeps one of the fingers as uh, evidence and the fingers wiggling around and it's mustard blood and then mustard l- blood. Later it becomes this giant fly <laughs> that attacks. Yeah, folks. I mean, there's no hell meaning there. That <laughs> that's, that's just how it movie. <laughs> That is the truth. So they've got this thing in a jacket, and they're wrestling it around the house, and they they push it into the uh, garbage disposal. And then Reggie comes in, and he's like, hey, what's going on, guys? What's happening? Then he gets attacked by the giant fly. And, uh, you know, they're stabbing it, and they're pushing it down in there. And and then from that point on, Reggie's involved. It's this great big ugly fly that crawls up on his head, on Michael's head, and it's got these great big red eyes and a mouthful of teeth. It's just ridiculous looking. That's like a furry boglin. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the whole scene with the jacket, I mean, that's... Sam Raimi gold. I mean, that's the kind of thing you need to have yeah. Bruce doing. So, absolutely. Yeah. So, Coscarelli was all over at this point, man. It's cool stuff. So, that was my. What's your next reason? Well, my next reason is the chase and not necessarily cars, just uh, the tall man 
chasing after the boy where they meet each other in the hallway and what we were talking about is the way that they stand and kind of mirror each other and then they start walking towards each other and then Michael makes a break and that leads to the chasing and the sound that's going on at that time is very nightmarish to me it's a lot of moaning and breathing and they're chasing through all these little hallways and stuff and that leads up to the point you talked about with the the metal door shutting with the tall man's fingers sticking out the other side michael takes out his knife and whacks off his fingers and uh it's just nightmarish man i mean i remember seeing this as a kid and just couldn't understand why this evil guy was chasing a kid i'd never seen a movie where that happened before it just floored me really so uh but yeah there's several scenes where you know you got the tall man after the boy he busts through uh, a large window michael opens the curtains and he busts through there so it's just the the never-ending pursuit of trying to catch the boy is just horrifying to me so yeah, what a great scene yep. in the way the whole thing plays out. Yep. I, I agree that's that chase beginning with the you know the walk toward each other. There, there's a gravity there that I, I think it portends to some of the things that happen later in the series. Right. So that's the thing about this series too is this is the mothership. This is where it starts, and every movie will try to answer questions from the prior movie but it'll make you question even more and I think they've done a nice job of trying to tie it all in and trying to keep the original cast intact too I think that's a big deal you don't see that much anymore and and, uh, that's just loyalty We, we talked about that as well with Sam Raimi he likes to use the same people so in Coscarelli movies you're gonna see them a lot Bubba Hotel just all the stuff John dies at the end John dies at the end so that's Beast Master. Beast Master. Nice. Yes. We have to give a shout out to one of our recent sponsors, the City of Smyrna Morgue. You stab them, we slab them. <laughs> oh, Lordy. And uh, don't forget to, uh, if you need some concrete work done, call Bennett's Cement, where we can make it hard for you. Indeed we can. That's kind of a side business of mine, and I'm very proud of it. Very proud. <laughs> All right, man, what you got? My next reason for watching the movie, and it's a small thing, but it's the photo in the antique shop. Yes. Michael is sent to an antique shop where his aunt works, and they're trying to keep him out of harm's way for most of the movie, which backfires because he always ends up alone and in harm's way. Um But while he's there, he's looking through some old historical documents and he finds a picture of the tall man driving a carriage and the tall man in the photo looks at him. Yeah. So cool stuff, man. One thing I had was just in general, just great effects done cheaply. I mean, there's a lot of very creative things they did in this movie before CGI, any of that stuff. Just having to make things up. They literally had a baseball player throw Christmas ornaments down a hallway to get shots of the spheres just flying. And, you know, it was just being creative, making things work. The fingers, like, you know, uh, there was 
an interview where he was talking about coming up with ideas that were frightening and just in general things that just freak you out and he was drinking his coffee out of a styrofoam cup and he stuck his finger through the bottom and looked down in it and thought how creepy that looks added it to the movie bang just like that add it to the movie that's right that's what we do that's how we come up with our ideas yeah we get don coscarelli to come over and and drink some coffee and then he shoves his fingers up through the bottom of the cup right and then we say what are you thinking about don and he says well i was thinking that maybe daryl db cooper should have some songs for and he's just a genius yeah what do you think about ninja exorcism well let me stick my fingers up through the bottom of the cup and yeah i think we should do some skits about that now we've exposed the secret that's what makes the show work we shouldn't expose ourselves (laughs) what's next well my next reason for watching phantasm is as you just mentioned the balls sure so there are these guard balls that fly around in the mortuary they're they're big reflective orbs and there's a scene where one of them connects with somebody and and it's horrifying awesome awesome so uh my daughter growing up was a fan of this movie so she would have friends come over and spend the night and they would be talking about some scary movie and, and then she would pull out phantasm and show them this scene and uh yeah these friends would never come over and spend the night anymore <laughs> so uh if you haven't seen this scene this is the the pinnacle of the movie you've never seen anything like it anywhere else man what a creative idea so original and just iconic I don't I mean, know that I've seen anything like it since either. No, no, it's its own thing. So that again just shows the level of creativity in this movie. And uh, man, just cool, cool stuff. My next one is the the whole scene of where you see the tall man's world, where he comes from. Yeah, you know, Michael gets uh, sucked in through the time portal, like we've got. You know, back in '79, nobody had time portals. You know, we've got one now because. You know, we we take the money that uh, our sponsors donate to us, and we put it into the kitty, and we bought us a time machine. Yeah, and at the time, Don Coscarelli was only able to get like the the marble room resonation device, and yep. those had some limitations. Right. So they were more dialed in into just kind of one place, and then every time you want to go somewhere else, you had to put another set of them up somewhere. So. You know, yeah, it, it was tedious. Ours will go anywhere, but you know, technology changes. Those are mainly good for moving big plastic buckets with dwarfs in them. <laughs> so, so yeah, we need to get into that. I mean, right? Like you mentioned, the the whole the tall revel- man's world. Yeah, the revelation of where he's from, and you get it all in like a two minute segment. Michael gets pulled in, and he's floating up in the air, and he sees this planet. The sky's all red, and you got, you know, looks like almost a desert going on, and just a line of these workers. The dwarfs? The dwarfs. And, you know, they show one of the canisters opening up, one of the plastic canisters, and the body's crawling out of it, and it's all slimy and gooey and stuff. And then Michael gets pulled back into our time, on the Earth, and he gives the whole spiel from just what he saw. Wow, they can't handle the cold. And 
He's taking bodies from here and shipping them there and condensing them down because of the heat. And you're going, sure, okay, whatever you say, buddy. Yep, yet again, it falls into this whole, we're in a dream kind of atmosphere where, it, of course, you understand things that don't make sense in a dream. So, you know, they did a good job of keeping that as a common theme so you could suspend your own disbelief right. as the story got even crazier. Yep. And that's the other thing, too, is it's never over. This thing just can go on forever. That's another idea or concept I really love about it. Because can you ever really kill the tall man? No. No. Hmm. So I'm going to say that my next reason for watching it is is the excellent use of foreshadowing. I mean, it yep. might be it might be heavy-handed in a couple of places. There's a guitar jam that occurs in the middle of the movie. Oh yeah! And and afterward, there's a tuning fork, and the tuning fork resonates like the two posts in the temporal warp. And so Reggie recognizes it as a as a tune, and he you know he breaks that. There, there are also the uh, there's also a trip to visit the friendly local gypsies. Yes. Uh, which we haven't mentioned. It's a reason to watch the movie. But, oh, sure it is. But, you know, there's a fear box. You know, they say, well, put your hand in the box. Well, what's in it? You know, he puts his... And that's never been done before. No. 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 Absolutely not. But anyway, I mean, the later he realizes he has to face his fear. You know, that's all it's, it's all in his mind. Right. So, you know, the, these early... Examples of, of things coming back later is kind of a heavy-handed foreshadowing, but it really does a good job of tying the whole story together. Right. And from what I've heard in some of the later ones, you know, some of those things get tied in there in a very sure. similar way. Some things that don't make sense in this movie will show make up sense in later, later on. ones. Yep. That's the beauty of this, too, is just the fact of the ideas they had set aside for future episodes not knowing if they were necessarily going to get there or not, but the fact that they had plans of using even footage from the first movie to tie in some things later on, I think is brilliant and just fantastic. Yeah, and I've seen the first three. I'm, I'm not going to lie and say, well, I'm a Phantasm scholar. I, I haven't seen them all, but I do like the ones I've seen, and I'm, I'm going to check the other ones out. You've seen the fourth one? Fourth one is where they actually use the old footage to show, you know, how it interacts with the one that was all filmed at Twilight. Uh, Twilight. <laughs> I just I heard something about Don Coscarelli needing to film at the same time of day to come up with a whole sequence. So they only filmed at Twilight hmm. once a day until they got this scene done. And I I thought that was in four, Maybe but so. I'm not I'm not sure I've seen it. Four has all the flashback material in it. Yeah. So that's where all that falls in. So I don't know. I just I find that interesting to tie these movies together is by actually using the old footage. I just think it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it is cool. You don't get that kind of dedication. Right. And you know, to to come up with an original concept like this that had so many odd elements to it, and you just wouldn't get that in America today. You know, now you have to have three successful franchise installments before they'll even think of bankrolling a new movie. Right. Well, there's even talk of maybe a series down the road for TV and stuff based off of this, or even a reboot, which they've been kicking around for several years. But uh, 
it could be done. It'll lose some of its personality, I think, if they do that. But hey, I'm game. Hey, if it takes away from the Bubba Hotep, the series that they're going to come out with, <laughs> then I say no. I'm because out. I've waited long enough for my Bubba Hotep series that I don't want to wait any longer. <laughs> so, does that bring us to top five lines? I believe that brings us to top five lines. Top five lines! All right. <laughs> Top five lines. My number one is no warning shots. You shoot to kill. Warning shots are BS. Nice. <laughs> nice uh, self-censorship there. Yeah, yeah. My first top line is the funeral is about to begin, sir. And I love this one. It goes like this. You play a good game, boy. But the game is finished. He cuts to the chase, doesn't he? Yeah, he doesn't speak much, which is another beautiful thing about the tall man. I saw an interview with Angus, and he talked about the beauty of Frankenstein, the first Frankenstein movie, how little he talked. And by the time they made the second one, Bride of Frankenstein, they gave him more lines. And the more that goes, the less scary they are. When you don't know as much about them, they're scarier. Just like Freddy Krueger. Like Batman. Like Batman. The more lines you give him, worse the movie. Right. (laughs) My second top line is told by Jody in the cemetery during one of those cemetery sex scenes where he says, wait here, it's my little brother. He's got some kind of problem. (laughs) Wait here on this slab while I go check on my brother who's spying on us. Nothing sexier than that. That's right. Don't move. I'll be right back. Don't move. Uh, Let's see. My next line is this one. I've been waiting for you. I've heard you say that before. Yeah. Ironically, it was Donna Summer that said it, so. (laughs) (laughs) My next top line is Reggie when he says, what we got to do is we got to snag that tall dude and stomp the shit out of him and then we'll find out what's going on up there. <laughs> nice non-censorship there. I like that. <laughs> it's the line. Do you want me to censor the line? I did. <laughs> oh, did he not say BS? And then, yeah. and... <laughs> my, my next line is also from Reggie where he says, hey, that guy's not going to leak all over my ice cream, is he? <laughs> That's a great scene. You don't want mustard on your ice cream. No, it's not very tasty. My next top line is, I'm beginning to like you, boy. Can you be my friend? Help me. It it takes a a friendly turn near the end. (laughs) A boy and his tall man. Okay. Can you come over and play croquet? Hold my hand, sir. <laughs> I promise I won't shrink you down. And my favorite line of the whole series is when the tall man looks at Reggie and says, Are you going to eat those bugles? <laughs> uh, that brings right. me to my last line. Oh, 
where Michael says, that mother's strong. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Oh, that mother's strong. Yeah, he refers to him that way. A couple that, that mother's fast. That mother's tall. Yeah. <laughs> it's the 70s. Everybody's a mother. Except for people with French horns. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> All right. That's top five lines. So, yeah, man. Again, I love this movie. There's so much to it that it would take three hours to kind of dissect this thing and try to make any sense out of it. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to make sense out of it. Yeah. The fact that it's got the dream feel to it, it it means that it doesn't have to all come together as a tight story. (laughs) It also worked for Nightmare on End Street as well. Yeah, We've already said that they borrowed some things, like oh, say, yeah. the ending. Absolutely. So what happens at the end of Nightmare? You get the mom standing outside in a dream state. The car, the you know, the convertible top gets on the car, and the car drives off by itself. And then the mom's waving at the front porch, and then Freddie's arms come out and grab the mom, the inflatable mom, <laughs> and pull her through the window in the front door. And what do you get at the end? The phantasm. Same thing, except she's not inflatable. Yeah, except it's it's Michael, right? You know, a young Christy McNichol, and <laughs> he's pulled back through a a mirror in the room in a much similar fashion. Right, right. So uh, I I really think that was kind of taken, and the fact that it's all dream state on both sides. I see a lot of similarities. Not saying he totally took the idea. I know there's some. Uh, some things from growing up with Wes Craven that drove that movie, but uh, there's there's some similarities here for sure. So, you know, for Phantasm, you know, from the mortuary, uh, the groundbreaking special effects at a, at a cheap... Right. The ice cream truck on its side and the misty road. And there, there are lots of reasons to watch it that, that just keep you in this, this real disrupted sleep state. Yep. And uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Absolutely. Which brings us up to... Rating time. time. Rating time. Wow. (laughs) So, I'm going to give it 10 scared nine-year-old me's watching this movie crapping my pants. Because, man, this movie just freaked me out when I was little. And I'm going to take myself to the Morningside Cemetery, and I'm going to say, I'm going to give it silver balls, (laughs) silver balls. (laughs) It's killing time down in tall man. (laughs) That's good. Thanks. And as always, our mascot, our winged mascot, Brian Blessed, what do you think of Phantasm? Let the combat begin! To the death! Uh, he thinks he can take him. Yeah, well, he's the tall man, but it's also Voltan. Voltan, tall man. That'd be a showdown right there. It's a showdown. <laughs> it's like the ring versus the grudge. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> Move over, Mr. Softy. Hit the curb, Big Worm. Reggie's Ice Cream is here. The 
coldest ice cream in town. Colder than a morgue slab. Ice cream, you scream. We all scream for Angus Scrim. If badass was a flavor, he'd have a pile of it. Reggie's ice cream. Kicking ass two scoops at a time. Who needs 31 flavors when the one you got is so damn good? Get yours today. Don't forget to ask for your ice cream served in our new metallic sentinel bowls. That's Reggie's ice cream. Reggie Bannister, owner and operator. And remember kids, help keep your city clean. Hello and welcome to Ask Randy. Brian Ray asks, if heaven is up and hell is down, why do lemons grow on trees? Ooh, Brian, bet you didn't expect a Randy this savage to answer your questions. When beautiful Elizabeth left me and sensational Sherry took me in, I learned about heaven and hell. Randy, Mr. Savage, uh, this isn't wrestling. Well, what is it then? Uh, it's like question and answer. New and sick. You're filling in? If you're gonna ask me about lemons, brother, you better go good and ready for my answer. Lemons grow on trees because we used to be brothers and you left me high and dry. I won't forget that betrayal. Uh, good enough, I guess. Uh, next question? Darren Wilson asked, Who put the ram in the ram lemon ding dong Good thing you asked, because when I find that dude, I'm going to break his hand because beautiful Elizabeth fell in love with him. I'll take his head and knock it into the turnbuckle. Okay, uh, that'll do. Next question. Ryan Niccolo asks, If a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Let's find out, brother. Wait, what? I'm gonna rip up the tree. Ooh, ooh, oh yeah. Take him down, baby. Ooh, good hit tree. Yeah, you're going down. Ooh, did you hear that, brother? Oh That answers your question, Ryan. I heard it pretty good. With the cities losing their population overnight, we are seeing a huge need for support in our orphaned youth. And as this can be devastating to the children, there is an opportunity to teach them the values that can help them contribute in the future, right here at the Tall Man's Boy Club. It's a fine facility that they can call home as our instructors teach them the basics, such as getting along with others. Don't do that, boy! Learning the importance of a team environment with our sporting program. You stepped out of bounds, boy! And also the celebration of a job well done. <laughs> you play a good game, boy. <laughs> <laughs>
But now the game is over. Now you must take a shower. So come join us at the Tall Man's Boy Club, where it's never over. We've been waiting for you. The loss of a loved one is never easy. That's why you need a funeral home that can help ease your burden. You need both a funeral home and a friend. I've got them both. Here at Morningside Cemetery, we want you. I've been waiting for you. Our staff is courteous and prompt. The funeral is about to begin, sir. We always have lots of room because we compress the bodies to half the size and even have staff to help with the kids. Boy! You may consider other funeral homes. They have no need of your services. But in the end, you know the only choice is Morningside Cemetery, where our prices are out of this world. You think that when you die, you go to heaven. You come to us. Do you lack the strength you need when you're working the graveyard shift? When you have 30 funeral services a day, you have to stay in physical shape and keep your energy level at top performance. <laughs> How is this possible, you ask? It's simple. From the people behind table lifts, you can now hire me the tall man, and I will teach you how to get the proper workout you need with the tall man's coffin lifts. You will get strong indeed. Yes, coffins are a great source for many exercises, coupled up with the expert level class of dwarf tossing. You will have energy that goes beyond time. So call us now. The class is about to begin, sir. And now, did you know, with Hank Hill. What the hell am I doing here? Um, it's a segment called Did You Know. Did you know? Did I know what? Did you know interesting facts about the movie Phantasm? Phantasm? What the hell? Well, I'll give it a shot. Did you know that the mansion used for the exterior shots of the mausoleum was also seen in the movie Burnt Offerings? A view to a kill, so I married an axe murderer and true crime. Did you know that the song Ace of Spades by Motorhead was released the year after Phantasm and is reported to have its origins in the film? At a New York screening of the movie, Lemmy 
was heard to have muttered that Mike's head looked like the ace of spades and then spent much of the rest of the film writing out the lyrics on a notepad. Did you know that my favorite type of sandwich is pimento and cheese? Did you know Don Coscarelli took the title Phantasm from the works of Edgar Allan Poe? It's a term frequently used by Poe in his writings. Did you know that the title was changed to The Never Dead for Australian audiences as to not confuse it with the popular sex comedy World of Sex Fantasy, which was also known as Phantasma? Did you know I just had my 13th hernia surgery last Tuesday? Did you know a body double, Laura Mann, was used in the opening scene in the cemetery? The lady in lavender, Kathy Lester, did not wish to be filmed topless. Now that's just a damn shame. Did you know that the alien dwarves bear a strong resemblance to the Jawas of the Star Wars series, but the design of the dwarves was already completed before Star Wars was released? Did you know that my son Bobby... He just got promoted to head buggy pusher at the Piggly Wiggly. Did you know Don Coscarelli got the idea of the tall man's living severed finger while drinking from a styrofoam cup? He punched his finger through the bottom and started moving it, loved that visual effect of it, and decided to include it in the movie. You've been listening to Did You Know on the Helming Power Hour. Did you know I used to have a 73 L Dorado named Phantasm? Some son of a bitch sideswiped it sitting in the Costco parking lot. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. Appreciate you hanging out with us. If you can, go check out Phantasm. If you've seen it before, go check out Phantasm. If you didn't like it before, watch it again. Just because Danny says so. Yeah, it was. There's a remastered version out. I'm sure it's a much higher quality than you're accustomed to. Right. It's available for cheap. <laughs> I'm not going to get into advertising the Amazon. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> no. What I'm going to do instead is am- advertise us because you can find us on iTunes. Yes. Helming Power Hour. Right. Go ahead and check us out, because that is something that's going to help us to influence others to make more listeners yep. to do more stuff. And that, if that, you go on iTunes, whether you choose to subscribe to it or not, just go on there, rate us, leave a message, and we'll love you forever. Well, you have to subscribe to leave a, a message or anything. So, And go ahead and subscribe. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. Give us a rating. Even if you don't listen on iTunes, you can still subscribe. Yeah, they're not going to ask for your credit card number. Nothing like that. Not going to ask for checks. But you can leave us a rating on there and some some reviews, and that really makes a big difference for our show. So appreciate you stopping to do that. I saw where R.J. McCready went and did that the other day. So appreciate that, man. We're going to try to get more to jump in there and do that as well. Thanks, man. Yeah. Two you know, safety tips for you. One, never follow a blonde into a cemetery. No. Two, if iTunes does ask you to do something like send them your credit card information or you know, get a prepaid Visa card and wrangle off all the numbers to them, don't do it. <laughs> 
courtesy of the Hail Ming Power Hour. We're here for you, folks. The more you know. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Rick. And I'm Danny. All right. And we'll see you later, folks. Adios. <laughs> Hello, everybody. When your dreams become nightmares, and your nightmares become reality, there's only one way to turn, to your big brother. But maybe, just maybe, he's dead. And you have a friend who's an ice cream man. If I were you, and I am, hypothetically, then I would lean on him, because Reggie's a stand-up guy. And that mother, who's after you, he's strong. Well, until next time, remember, actions speak louder than taglines. Good night, everybody. Members of the audience will receive the following Classic Curves by Dittos, The Pants for Feel Good Company, a gift certificate from Maru Chan Ramen Noodles, Rice Aroni. All guests receive a copy of the Hail Ming Home Game. Thanks to the creative minds and special appearances of Mark Allison, Jeremy Finch, and Jacob Kennedy. Hail Ming is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. Check out all the great shows at legionpodcast.com. Hail Ming is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Legion Podcast. This is Dan Pardo saying good night.